Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited to share my interview with Aboriginal medium Sean Leonard with you guys, and that will be coming up in just a minute. But just a little note before you listen in on the interview that there are a lot of links in the show notes below. We talk about a lot of different sources and resources, and so I have those all linked below in the show notes so you can find Sean and his work very easily. And also just note that it's very common in indigenous culture to share teachings through stories so what you will experience this is a very long episode which i absolutely adore we ended up talking for two hours off air and on air and he was just so generous with his time and just so lovely i'm the one who actually had to end it because i had my children downstairs and so i had to leave but he is going to be coming back for a part two we talked about maybe doing this every year when he relaunches his tv show so season three spirit talker he said he would come back next September and talk to me so that was really exciting for me so I did get to ask him everything I wanted to ask him and I did ask my Instagram audience to submit any questions that they had so as you'll listen in to this experience we had together we do cover quite a bit and I love the way that Sean teaches through storytelling so if you love storytelling you're going to absolutely love this interview with him I can't recommend him and his work enough he is such a phenomenal medium such a generous heart and really one of those great examples out there of somebody doing this work without ego And that's a very kind of controversial thing to say because of course we're human and ego will come in and out. But you can even just hear it in the way that he expresses his spiritual philosophy that spirit always comes first. And I think that this is what I admire a lot about him. So I really hope you enjoy the interview, his stories, and I look forward to hearing how you guys enjoy the episode. Now he does talk about a book giveaway, an autograph book giveaway. So if you want to be entered into the draw to win the language of spirit book signed by sean and sent to you directly from him then what i need you to do is share this episode on instagram and tag both me and sean so you're gonna be tagging squamish medium and you're gonna be tagging aboriginal medium sean leonard with your biggest takeaway from this episode whether it's a quote a lesson a teaching a story something that inspired you if you could post it in your stories or your feed and tag both of us i will draw a name on september 30th which is the day of uh, truth and reconciliation here in canada for indigenous people So you have until the 30th to enter. I will keep track of your screen name. It will be a random draw, but that's how you can win the book that he references in the interview. So enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited today for this podcast episode. I think that this is by far the highlight of my career so far going on eight years. I have the absolute wonderful Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard. How are you, Sean? I'm well, Danielle. I'm so happy to be here. I know we've been trying to do this for a long time, but sometimes, you know, things just don't align right. And now we are. So it's just, it's perfect timing right now. 
Yes. And I thank you so, so much. I'm so excited to talk about the burning questions in my mind, the audience's mind with such a high caliber medium such as yourself. So just an incredible honor to share the space with you today and share you with my audience for those who love and admire your work and those who haven't yet been familiarized with your work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I always like to give a little bit of a background on how I find the people who I ask to come onto the podcast and the people I'm constantly referencing within my own teachings and work. And you are definitely one of them. I always say that you are my favorite medium living and departed. Like you're my number one. You're literally the medium who inspires me the most in my work. And it's just even just from watching you work and watching the, the cleanness and the accuracy and the humility within your mediumship has always inspired me to be an amazing medium. So thank you so much that. Yeah, but I like to start by saying I discovered you through John Holland's podcast. I used to listen to, I don't remember if you remember the episode you did on John Holland's Hey House radio show years ago. I used to listen to Hey House every single day while I was at work and I was like, oh, an Aboriginal medium. I didn't know any Aboriginal mediums myself. And as an Indigenous woman who's away from home, I haven't had any influences or mentors within this realm myself. And so I looked into you. I was lucky enough to have a private reading with you in 2000, I think 17 or 18, best reading I've ever had. And then I was able to take your Spirit Talker tribe the first year you had it. And then of course, a big fan of the TV show and your demonstrations. I literally dragged every medium I knew in Vancouver to your demonstration you did in 2009. 19. <laughs> and my sister-in-law was lucky enough to get a life-changing contact from you. So thank you. So this is what I want to share, how I found Aboriginal Medium Sean Leonard. But if you want to introduce yourself a little bit and how you would typically talk about yourself and your work for people who may not be familiar with you. Well, I'm a spirit talker. In my culture, you know, we have a word for a psychic medium or somebody who communicates or talks with spirits, a spirit talker. And uh, as I'm Mi'kmaq, living in Nova Scotia, Canada, and uh, I've been working as a professional medium for almost 25 years, of my, from my knowledge. Um, how long have I been psychic? Probably all of my life. <laughs> Would I ever self-identify as somebody that steps out into the world that gives messages? No, not until about 25 years ago. And, uh, and kind of, I, I wasn't really looking for it. it, it it's like it found me. Um, and I realized, um, you know, as I started a spiritual journey, um, you know, through many um, hardships that I've been through in life, that, you know, everything was leading me to that moment to make a connection with spirit. Um, and, you know, even though I'm an um, um, Aboriginal uh, Mi'kmaq psychic medium and spirit talker, I mean, I'm an author uh, of the language of spirit, which I'll show you right here. And uh, perhaps I'll give a book away as a gift for this, uh, for joining the podcast. So if Daniel chooses somebody out to receive uh, my book, I will send it to them in the mail and I'll sign it and put a little message in there for you. And what I'm most proudful of, even though I've been working as a, uh, a spirit talker and a psychic medium for 25 years and, and being an author and having a TV show called Spirit Talker here in Canada, called um, it is called Spirit Talker, but it's on the channel APTN, which is the Aboriginal People Television Network. And it's a na nationwide uh, channel within Canada. Um, I'm not sure what it would be like uh, similar to in the US, but we have another channel in Canada called CBC, which is Canadian Broadcasting Services. And, uh, and that also is a national free channel. So everybody in Canada gets this channel. Um, but what I'm most proud of is being a teacher. 
somebody who shares their wisdom, their knowledge, their experiences to help others understand the spirit world as it's been a journey through my whole life to kind of unravel the inner workings of spirit and how did they communicate. Hence the name of the book, The Language of Spirit is what I've been discovering is how that there is like a language of sorts, a universal language of spirit that uses to communicate to people like myself, like you, Danielle, like John Holland, Teresa Caputo. And it doesn't, it, and it's, it's not based upon culture or belief or anything. It's, it's, it's available to us all. And there may be words that we may use to describe this language, like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, claircognance, you know, clairaliens, clairambience. Those are all clairs that describe a way spirit can communicate to, with, and through us for other people with the intention of validation, um, you know, proving the existence of life after and or the continuation of life, but also uh, with the intention of healing people. Um, because a lot of people that come see me um, when I when I used to do personal one-on-one readings, I now just do live audience readings, but uh, when people used to come to me, a lot of the messages that come through would be validation, but then there would be messages of healing because people were stuck in some way of life. And they sometimes will show me, tell me, help me understand certain things where this person might be struggling. And uh, it would really help move energy within their life that they would have a more spiritually connected life themselves because then they realize that spirit one was real and two still loves them, cares about them and is still part of their life and wants them to be whole and well. As I mean, anybody that cares about anyone in your own life, imagine if you're in the spirit world and you saw somebody struggling in life, you may come through and one say, hey, this is who I am, validate a few things, but then have a message to help them move forward in life so that they can be in a better space and place mentally, physically, or energetically so they can live a more holistic life, I guess. I love that. And I can attest your amazing teacher and the teachings that you do share are beautiful. So thank you so much. And yes, we will definitely point people towards your book on um, the language of spirit. A lot of the questions that came through my Instagram, when I asked my audience, what you want me to ask, a lot of it can be found in his book. So I will definitely link it on YouTube and the podcast below. So definitely do check it out. We'll have details on the giveaway in the show notes as well. So thank you for your generosity with that as well. Um, so going back a little bit, and I know like reading Reading your book, which of course I read as soon as it came out, <laughs> and I loved it. Always love learning about mediumships, mediums' journey to the unfoldment of their gifts because I personally don't know very many people who develop and sustain the path. Like it's a hard path. It's there's a lot that comes up within the path. A lot of self doubt. A lot of who am I? A bit of imposter. Like it's not an easy path for a lot of us. And so for someone who's been doing it for 25 years, if you can remember going back, even those first few years, how did you develop? Because reading your book, it felt like a lot of synchronicities unfolded, like the story about you with the colleague and tuning in and pulling out some evidence that kind of surprised you. But was there any like formal kind of training that you did? Or do you just let spirit be your guide? Spirit has taught me everything. Hmm. Um, and, and one of the reasons was is because I started a spiritual journey in life, which included just having conversations with spirit, just speaking from my heart and, and speaking out loud and not knowing if anybody really heard me, but speaking anyway, but feeling like I was being heard. And then things would happen 
in my life to, to make me be very aware that I was being hurt. And then I started to meditate more and create space in my mind and learn how to get still at moments. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, you know, most of our minds are so busy um, thinking about everything, you know, kids, breakfast, lunch, what we're doing tomorrow, what we're doing on the weekend or next vacation. We're so preoccupied with so many things in life that sometimes we don't even create space to actually hear anything. So I realized that um, when often I would receive things about people, I would have to kind of get still for a moment and create space in my mind and then an insight would come in. And it may be like uh, a visual, it may be a visual with a sense, a feeling. And I didn't even have words to describe these things at the beginning. I just was going with the flow. And I learned to trust because when I learned what had I had seen through practice, through meditation, visualized meditation and stuff like that, that when things were getting impressed in my mind visually, that whether it was literal or figurative, if I was to trust it, it was valid. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out of my own way, and there's so many times, you know, even now, um, even doing a TV show, I'm like, oh my God, I, I know what they're showing me, but do you, you know, there's those moments that are awkward that you're just not sure, (laughs) but you do it anyway. And uh, to share a story, I mean, I mean, if I was to go way back, I mean, the first story that I could really talk about that made me realize that this language was real. uh, I'll tell you two stories, one past, one present, and just see how you can still struggle. Okay. (laughs) Right. Because it doesn't mean that even if you do this work for 25 years, you don't feel like you're stepping on a limb sometimes and but there's a, there's a, but the more that you realize that you trust what you see that's impressed in your mind, whether you understand it or not, of how important a message could be that comes through. Uh, the, the first story, like, I mean, I had a connection with my dad after he passed and that was profound. I had a visitation and, uh, and then my life kind of went on and moved out to Calgary, Alberta. And I started to pray and meditate and, and have these insights. And then I started to kind of vibe people's energy up, just like was around them. I could sense things about them. They were struggling, they were having a hard time. So-and-so was cheating on somebody. It was just these vibes that I had that I didn't know if they were valid or not. And the first time I really had an insight was that, and then I didn't even want to share anything either because I was kind of like, hmm, you know, these are crazy thoughts. But I mean, at that point I was married I was in my early 20s and I thought, okay, well, who else could I trust with these thoughts? Might as well tell her. I'm I'm pretty sure I could probably trust her. And um, so I would go to my ex's uh, work and she worked at Montana's, even though in the book it says somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I had to change a few things, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, and then I would go to Montana's and I would would vibe out people working there and just for fun. Mm-hmm. because I, I, I realized I could get a good read or good feel for people, not to be judgmental because I'm not. I'm yeah. zero judgment in my mind at all. What people do in their lives is their stuff. And it's not like I was like tuning the stuff that I shouldn't be seeing or anything like that. But I would see, look at one guy and he felt like somebody who maybe dealt drugs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back in the day, you know, dealing marijuana in Canada was a no-no. I mean, today it's a little bit different. Uh, I think you can go to a dispensary and buy it anywhere here, pretty much in Canada now. But, uh, and then I felt this other guy, like he was like skimming money from the till. Mm. And I, and I felt that somehow, you know, he wasn't as honest as a person, still no judgment, but just a vibe I picked up. Then I saw these two, these two different people that walked by each other 
and they wouldn't even look at each other. I said, so they got a thing going on. Mm. And, uh, and so after my, my ex got done work, I said, you know, you know, what do you think about these people? She goes, well, they're really nice people. She's married to so-and-so he's married to so-and-so. So do you ever think they might be cheating with each other? And she's like, no, you're crazy. They don't even, I don't even see them look at each other. Said, That's my point. There's like a vibe <laughs> there. <laughs> they're purposely not looking at each other. Yeah. And I said, there's something going on. And I said, uh, anyway, she goes, you're crazy. And I said, yeah, maybe I am. And then I said, what about this guy? And she, you know, she says, oh, man, that guy's father's a minister. There's no way he's like, you know, stealing money or anything like that. And, you know, this person would never like, you know, I know he does drugs, but I don't think he would sell it. And it was just like, well, you know, whatever. And then within a week, she comes home busting through the door. She goes, you're not going to guess what happened today. Mm. It was the craziest day ever. <laughs> I caught that couple kissing in the kitchen. And no one else was around and I walked in on them. It was awkward. And I, the guy got fired for stealing money today. And the other guy got busted for dealing drugs. Wow. <laughs> All in the same day. <laughs> wow. Goes, How the hell did you know that? I'm like, I didn't do I really, could I really know for sure? No. And that was like the beginning of like just maybe my vibes have some validity. And uh, so anyway, she then told a friend of hers at her work named Jen Sign, who is also an author. Um, and she had her come over for a weekend and they were all devised. And she was telling her how intuitive I was and that I was going to read her. Mm. And I'm like, well, mm, you know, I, don't, I, I can't really do that. She goes, you're going to try. And she's coming over on Sunday. I'm like, okay, I guess I have no choice. I'll do my best. And she came over. And uh, so we, we ate supper, we were done. And she's like, just, I'm just vibing her out. And, uh, you know, and I'm talking to her about writing a book, which she has done to actually I think two of them now, traveling around the world, caring for people's pets and things like this. And, and she's done that. She was traveling around the world doing it and quit her job and such and meeting some guy named Dale, who she married. And, uh, and I thought that, you know, at that time, she's like, yeah, I just met Dale. You know, we've been talking about like traveling around looking after people's homes and I am working on a book. And, but she goes, I really came with a different intention. I really wanted to connect to somebody. And I know that you're intuitive. I know some psychics are, have, are mediums as well. Are you a medium? I'm like, well, no. <laughs> and she said, you know, well, could you just see if you could just see if there's anyone around me? And I'm like, okay. And uh, so I got focused as I would often do when I was around seeing things. And I saw this young, or not this young lady, but this older lady who felt like a grandmom. And, and then I gave her this message and she started to cry a little bit. And I was like, she goes, is there anyone else? I'm like, no. And, and she goes, no, there's gotta be someone else. So I start focusing like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. I literally don't. And then I'm like, then I started to have, I started to kind of intently stare at this one space. And I was just saying, you know, you know, if there's anybody there, you know, I'm open to you connecting to me. And then I had a vision. I was like, wow, okay, now this can't be real. And I saw this young man in a baseball uniform and he was, had a number on his jersey. And then he had a baseball in his hand. And he started bouncing up and down. And he looked at me and I saw a shed behind him. And he walks into a shed. I'm like, I, I don't know, uh, Jen, but. I don't really see anybody, but I see something and I don't know what it is. And I told her and she instantaneously cried. She goes, that's the person I was hoping to hear from. 
That was my best friend grew up in high school. This was his name. I didn't get his name. But we played baseball together. And one night after gaming, went home and killed himself in the shed. Can you t- is he okay? And at that point, I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, how can, how can I really know? I didn't know. I know what I saw. Where did that come from? This is, this, this is where this all started. How did this happen? How did this unfold? Where did this come? Am I a mind reader? And it was that moment that I thought, well, I might be a mind reader. I picked up things of people at the restaurant. I picked up this and that. It was around. It was their energy that made me see this. Mm. And then uh, I went about my marital life and I started to have more events that I would see things and experience things and kind of vibe things out. And then I, I went to work and I met and I worked with this guy, Orhan. Mm. Great guy skeptical as hell and I thought well you know what I'm a little out there right maybe I need someone to ground me a bit I'll tell him what's happened with me not knowing that he was going to tease the bejeebus out of me so I told him I said Orion I got this weird you know stories I was telling him about and then he said you know what should I have for lunch you know can you (laughs) he was just just like he was like picking this apart like uh like horribly picking it apart and uh, and I felt, oh my God, why did I put myself out here to put, you know, for this ridicule? Because now I felt stupid. Yeah. But um, one day I'm typing in my work because uh, we worked at uh, a company called Hayworth uh, in, in International, which was a, a company from Michigan. We made office furniture and I worked on bills of material and AutoCAD and he did the same. And he sat right beside me in these fancy office chairs and stuff because we made office furniture. And uh, so I'm typing away, and then one day, I hear a voice in my head, and it just says, Charlie. I'm like, okay, I'm still typing, and then I hear Charlie, like, whispered in my mind. Like, it's my voice, but it's not my voice. Mm-hmm. And it's just quiet. Charlie. Now you keep hearing, I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And I said, Okay. I'm going to go home. I don't feel well. There's something, maybe I'm schizophrenic. I don't know what's happening. And uh, so I went to look at Oran and it stopped. Like, okay, typing I go, Charlie. And I was like, okay, I have to really pay attention to this. So I turned to Oran. I'm like, I'm a mind reader. Oran's thinking about a guy, Charlie. They're going to do something on the weekend. This is going to tell me what this is. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, I got this really strange question for you, but do you happen to know a guy named Charlie? He goes, that's a strange question, Sean. I'm like, I used to know a guy named Charlie. I said, were you just thinking about him? Because I haven't thought about this guy in a few years. Hmm. Why are you asking? <laughs> and as uh, soon as he said that, boom, I had a picture flash in my head. It was an image. And it was a bar sign in Calgary that I've seen before. Uh, kind of a sleazy place and I, I wish I could say I've never been there but I have been there and uh, <laughs> my uncle took me there when I first moved to Calgary anyway the bar was called the town and country bar and the sign was a T and it had an and sign and C and it went blink in my brain mm-hmm. I go oh that's so weird why the hell would I see the town and country bar sign he goes what did you say I said I just saw the town and country bar sign he goes that's the last place Charlie was seen alive mm-hmm. I'm like what so what do you mean the last? I mean, you don't have to be too psyched to figure out if somebody says, hey, I've been, you know, 
if you've been last seen somewhere, something happened to you. And then I had this other image of being at the top of the stairs, going downstairs into this place. There was a little bit of a roof over getting into this downstairs basement, I'm going to say apartment. And, and then I start to talk to him. I saw a few people around him. And I was like, do you understand this? He goes, no. Are you sure? And then I saw it again. I, I mean, I described it again in as great as detail as I could. And he goes, man, I don't know who put you up this. I mean, he says, this guy's name is not even Charlie. It's a Charlie. Mm. And I worked, I said, how did you know this guy? He goes, I worked with him at the airport like seven years ago. And we used to work together and we all nicknamed him Charlie. Mm. I'm like, I mean, how am I? And I said, how am I? I didn't even know you worked at the airport seven years ago. Ryan. How am I supposed to know who you work with that doesn't have a name Charlie, but his real name is Achari and that something happened to him and he was last seen at the gen- How am I supposed to put all that together? Yes. And he goes, well, maybe I told somebody. So well, maybe you could lead me to the person that you spoke to and maybe has been talking to me because as far as I'm concerned, this is coming from you and your thoughts. And he goes, no, it's not coming from my thoughts. He says, and, and then I and then I start to see this image of like this this place. I said, you sure you don't know what this means? Because I have no clue. I said, and he says, let's just drop this because I'm not comfortable with this conversation. And I'm like, fine, we'll drop. It. And then um, like a month or so had gone by, he stopped hassling me, which was super cool. Because, you know, I was putting myself out there and uh, being ridiculed. And now I weirded him out. So he actually stopped uh, bugging me. And then what happened was I picked up the paper. Mm. It was the Calgary Sun paper. And I picked it up because I was looking up for the sports scores. Because at that time, I was a huge hockey fan. And as a Calgary Flames fan, I was looking for the score. And I'm flipping through the paper. And a story is in there about an unsolved murder of a guy named Achari. Nicknamed Charlie, worked at the airport, last seen at the town and country bar. But where he was found murdered was in this downstairs basement house on this street. And they had a picture of the home and like police tape and stuff like this. And then like the picture was what I saw. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, this is what I, I saw it exactly. Warren comes in, he, he's a little bit late coming in that morning because I always would read it before I start work. I put the paper on his desk. I'm circling pictures and lining things. And he's like, what do you, what do you want? Why, why did you put this here? I'm like, read it. And he reads it. He goes, yeah, what about it? I said, do you remember the little conversation we had about you knowing about this house and this large roof going into the basement? He goes, yeah, not really. I'm like, baloney. I know you do. I do. He says, well, okay, fine, I do. He says, what's your point? He says, are you trying to say I killed him or something? I said, no, <laughs> this is not what I'm trying to say. Did you know this? Did you know this part? He goes, man, I do not know this. I said, how can I prove this to you? Like, what do I need to say to tell you? I didn't know this part that he lived in the downstairs basement apartment. This is where he was last murdered or found, or I didn't know that. And he says, when are you going to stop hassling me with this? I said, I'm not really hassling. I'm just asking you a question. He goes, man, I said, you got to swear in somebody's life. I said, like, I want you to swear in your kid's life, your wife's life, somebody's life you're swearing on. And he goes, well, I'll never swear in my kid's life in case I did know and I don't remember. He says, but I could probably swear in my wife's life. <laughs> and that's a true story. Yeah. And uh, him and his wife actually came to my show in Calgary, I don't know, maybe like 10 years or so ago. And I tell that story quite often at my live shows because it was the moment that shifted my whole reality. 
it was the moment that made me realize that I'm not a mind reader, that this is coming from somewhere else. It wasn't coming from him. He wasn't even thinking about Charlie. It was coming to me from someone else. And I'm going to say this as clearly as I can. It was a person. I could feel his energy. I could see what he looked like. He was telling me a story and I didn't know the story. And I was trying to validate it with the information I was giving to him. There was a part that he couldn't validate. So it can't be reading his mind if it is not in there. So I was seeing something that was like separate of him and that moment shifted my life. So I thank you, Charlie, each time. And I honor that story it was a moment that uh, impacted my life like it, like never. And, I, and that's when I discovered how spirit communicates. Mm. It wasn't that I wasn't getting stuff before, but I doubted. I was unsure and I was even scared to even speak what was coming to me. Mm. But then I realized this was real. And I realized there was a language and a communication that was coming through. And the language was through the pictures, the feelings, the thoughts, the impressions. And I stepped out of my comfort zone and just said, I'm going to trust whatever comes to me, whether I understand it or not, whether it's literal, whether it's figurative, I'm going to get out of my way and I'm going to do my best. Mm. And that's exactly what I did from that day forward. And it hasn't failed me. Does it mean that I know everything? No, I think there's this misconception with people that do this work that we, people look at us and think, okay, well, when's the lottery numbers on Wednesday? I'm like, man, I don't know. I mean, if I know, I wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no offense, but I'd be like in Hawaii right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, certain things, you know, spirit isn't like coming through with the intention to like make somebody rich because that's an egotistical approach to viewing life. They're here to help you, guide you, validate that they're okay, and then offer some healing message to help you move out of this energy of knowing, and especially knowing that they're, they're okay. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I, I, I understood from that day forward. And then, you know, um, Jen Sime went and told some people, my ex-wife was telling some people, next thing you know, I'm booked for three months and not even knowing really what I'm doing. Right. And I just trust it. But I understood the mechanics of how which spirit communicates. But I also understand what started that journey. And that was that spiritual beginning where I started to have conversations with spirit, whether I knew they were listening or not. And um, I mean, the coolest conversation, uh, which I know that you know the story, it's also my book, but uh, was Conrad. Do you remember that story? I'll need a play. I'm not okay. Things which we're going to talk about, but I'll talk about it. Um, and it was it was really kind of an odd. This is when I started to like get more into it. And you're right, it it's overwhelming a bunch of times. I've actually stepped back from doing readings a few times because I've been so overwhelmed. Um, being booked for like six months to a year, and then still trying to work another job, and it was just too much for me to carry. And then my marriage broke down, and. You know, I made bad choices in life. And then it was with maturity and growth and, and continual work that I've learned how to balance it all out. Yeah. And uh, because I've learned all that, that's where I like to teach people is that, you know, to to let, to move into a space where you balance it now rather than have to go through all the crazy stuff that I did. Yeah. But the story of Conrad. Um, and this is when, one of those times that I realized that I was really being heard. Because... Um, I had this weird vibe, get, go, you know, get that, eh? being a psychic, having a weird vibe. 
But I was I, I, back in the day, it was in 2003. That, I mean, this is a while ago, almost a little under 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had a website. You know, websites were pretty new back then. Yeah. Facebook did not exist. And uh, I had a website and, uh, and I had to have a program called Office, uh, Microsoft Office Front Page 2003. I remember. <laughs> I had it. And I had my website and, and you even had to have a program to get email because you had a pop server and then you had to have the email come into your computer. There was no Hotmail or Gmail or anything like that. Yeah. So, and it was all like Outlook was the program in, in Microsoft Office 2003. And I got this weird vibe that, you know what? My computer's going to crash. It went blinky for a second. I'm like, whoa, what was that? And so I said, you know, I, I talked to my then ex-wife, now ex-wife. I said, you know, I got a really strange vibe that my computer's going to crash. I think maybe I should get a new one. Now, back then, even though I was doing readings, I, I charged very little. So little that another medium actually had to come into my life and say, listen, you should be charging way more than you're charging right now. He says, you're, you're overwhelmed and it'll yeah. weed out all the people that aren't, are, are just coming to get the lottery numbers. Yes. That people are serious about coming, about receiving a message from someone as opposed. And that was another professional medium that gave me that, that, uh, uh, that advice. And her name is Christina Hurley. And I think she still works as a medium. So thank you, Christine, if you're somewhere out in the world. Um, anyway, my computer did crash. And, I, and then my, my then wife says, well, we can't afford a computer because, you know, they're, they're like $800. We don't have $800. Yeah. You, know, you know, you better pray about it. <laughs> That's what she said. And uh, sure enough, my computer crashes. So look, it had the black screen of death. Nothing is working. So I really had to break down, take my credit card, go to the, the, the store to get a, a computer. And I turned it on, I was so happy. Brand new computer and it turns on and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have any programs. <laughs> because I borrowed the program from a guy named Conrad who used to work at the office furniture company. Yeah. And he didn't work there anymore. And I don't know where he is. So I, and then I look up how much that program cost back then. It was like $700. Yes. Like, oh my God. Uh, tell my wife, I have to go buy this program. She goes, no, you just bought an $800 computer. You're not buying a $700 program for that computer. Where did you get it in the first place? I said, well, I got it from Conrad. I used to work with this guy, Conrad Kardashian. And, uh, and she goes, well, you better find them. You better, you, you better pray about it. Yeah. So I started talking to Spirit. I said, Spirit, I don't know. I need to get a hold of Conrad. I don't know how you're going to make this happen, but I need to find him. I need him to show up somehow. I need to bump into him, but I need that program. Do you want me doing this work? I want, I got to check my email, which I can't do. I don't have a website that I can even change. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to give me the program somehow or get me a hold of Conrad. And I put it out there and I was doing it like with not that much enthusiasm. I was doing it from a good loving space and place because that's how I learned to have these conversations is not from fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I spoke from my heart and clearly. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Saturday rolls around and this is Saturday. I actually got the computer and all that went down. And I, I realized I couldn't do anything on my computer. So I don't have a program. I'm looking through the yellow pages. The white page is trying to find Conrad and he's nowhere. I mean, Calgary's got a million plus people and he doesn't even live in Calgary. He lives in some little town outside of Calgary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't even know where I was looking at all the little towns trying to find Conrad Kardashian. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, 
I, I decided to work on my fence on the house the next day. And I had to call my brother because I was going to hang the front gates at the front of the house the very next day. And I couldn't do it without help. So I called my brother, James, who lives in Calgary, and he's working at some other place. And I said, James, can you come tomorrow morning around 10? I'm going to need you to hold the gates while I, I, I drill and screw the brackets in to hang it. Because I don't know, man, I'm going out to drinking with the boys tonight. I don't know if I'm going to make it. But uh, I said, come on, I really need your help. Just be there. I guess, okay, I'll be there. I'm like, that's it. Okay, I'm, I'm out there. I go outside. I have my gates built like with a nice arch. And I got the hinges and all my tools. And it's like 10, 10, 15. <laughs> I'm like, he ain't coming. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I'm getting wood I'm wedging the gates up I'm like you know circling the holes to to, to put the, the the drill bits in to screw them this you know the, ahead and then somebody pulls up in front of my house and beeps the horn and I turn around and it was Conrad <laughs> yeah I remember the story I am I'm like what the hell I said Conrad what are you doing he's oh hey Sean I didn't know you live up here because I just got a call this morning about somebody having puppies in your neighborhood and they wanted to know if I could have, if I wanted one. And I'm looking for this address. And I'm a little lost. I'm like, my God, I was just talking to spirit about you yesterday <laughs> and you showed up at my house today in, in front of my yard. And I thought how many things had to happen to get him mm. there. Yeah. My brother had not to show up. I had to be working on my fence. I had to hang the gates. And it was really just like all these little synchronicities. And if my brother would have showed up, I might have been done and left. Yeah. But he even had to not show up. So I wasn't so mad at him. Yeah. And um, but then you know what? It was conversations that mm -hmm. I realized that I would speak from my heart and have and put out there that I realized I was being heard. Yeah. And that that started this whole speaking with spirit even greater and i know indigenous culture we we do ceremonies where we talk to spirits and mm -hmm. we, we do a pipe ceremony and things like this but i wasn't doing any type of ceremony i was just like speaking as if i would if i was in a ceremony mm -hmm. from my heart speaking out loud asking from help from the ancestors or whatever my guides my angels yeah and uh and i and i instantly received that uh does that happen every time in my life no i wish it did <laughs> Exactly. Would you be here but, with me? <laughs> but it only has to happen once to shift your whole awareness of what is possible. I agree. And uh, and that's that's a good place to start. And it, it made me. And then I and then I I started to work harder at the spiritual work. And my heart was in it. I was like passionate about it. And I just wanted to go deeper and more and learn more, connect more, and and see how it unraveled and understanding that how spirit communicates. Yeah. And it's brought me to where I am today. Yeah. And, it, and I love it. I, I love spirit connection, communication, how they speak. And, and even the things you don't realize what they're telling you. And I'll tell you this. There's, I do a show, Spirit Talker, on EPTN season two. It's coming out September 15th. And if you're not in Canada, you can watch it on EPTNLUMI.ca. So EPTNLUMI, L-U-M-I.ca. 
Um, and if you have to have a VPN, like NordVPN, a virtual uh, network to get on there and say you're in Canada, because just, just so you know, I'm watching US Netflix all the time. So I'm using my VPN to say I'm living in New York somewhere. So I'm watching it. <laughs> just a tip. Getting some shady <laughs> tips here. Yeah, it's all good. It's like go yeah. to the dispensary. I get pay for VPN. my VPN. I pay for Netflix. It's not like I'm doing it for free. Um, but I, you know, I, uh, and even uh, APTN has a, a membership service. I think the first week is for free. So mm. you can binge watch Spirit Talk if you wanted. So season okay. one's out there, season two's coming out. And uh, so anyway, season one of Spirit Talker. Now fast forwarding so many years here, right? Yeah. And now I'm like got a, a TV show. I mean, that's a, my whole life is a bit of a, it, it's just like when you're in your path of life, it unfolds. Yes, I agree. The right person, the right interview, Conrad shows up. It's just everything starts, you know, unfolding in your life that when you're in alignment with your path. Mm -hmm. If spirit, spirituality, mediumship, you know, anything like this is your passion, then spirit will assist you in sending you the right people, the right circumstances, the right, and especially if you're coming from the right, the right heart space. Yeah. Because spirit is in alignment with that. If you want to be in alignment with spirit, come from higher level energy, mm. not fear, not worry, not doubt, but come from love, trust, faith, truth, courage, you know, um, come from those spaces. And then when you step into that, even if you don't know, you'll realize that spirit's got your back. Yeah. And on the TV show, I'm filming in front of a live audience, reading people, uh, there'll be 120 people each community that I went in, in season one. And I was in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, which was Acadia First Nation. And this young lady had connected to me who looked very slim and looked like she probably passed from cancer, connected to me. She told me her name and, I'm, and then her mom stands up. And she says, that's my daughter. And then, um, and that what I didn't know is that she, you know, this lady's uh, that was in spirit, her sisters were there too, sitting beside mom, but didn't know it stand. And so I'm having these messages come through. And then she shows me something that is very odd. And I'm like, feel so awkward. I'm like, oh my God, I'm being recorded on TV right now. Uh, this is all going through my head. I can't see this. This is a grieving mother who lost her daughter. How can I approach this? And I'm like, I mean, it seemed like an eternity in my head being on stage in front of people, like where I was like, I was so doubtful and fearful and scared, but I just said, okay, I, I, and I prefaced it. And I'm, I'm so sorry, but I've sworn the spirit. I would say whatever I have seen, this must mean something to you. And I, again, I apologize, but your daughter just showed up in here in only a bra. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing that there's some reason for this. And I'm sensing there's something special about the bra. And I'm so sorry but she's just wearing a bra and oh, she just took it off. <laughs> like, I'm not, it's all blurry, just so you know. <laughs> oh, it was like, oh, crazy, but it was like, oh, she held up the bra to me. I was like, you obviously, did you do something with a bra? And she just laughed. <laughs> and then the sister stood up and they, cause only the, it's something that only the three of them know that they've never spoken about to anyone. Right. You know, when she was um, actually at the funeral home mm -hmm. for the service, the mom and two daughters were in the back room and they brought a special bra for her. They put it on her and they stuffed it. <laughs> to send her to the spirit world 
with bigger bosoms. That's the truth. She had lost so much weight and they want to send, they said, we're going to send her off like being stacked here to the spirit world. And that was a joke. <laughs> Nobody knows. They never talked about it with anybody. It was just an inner thing that they had between the three of them that, and they, and uh, so anyway, they, they, that's what they did. And, and he, she just laughed. She goes, well, does she like them? <laughs> like it? And she said, she goes, yeah, she does. And like, but it was a moment. Yeah to expect the unexpected because just because you're a psychic medium a spirit talker whatever it may be doesn't mean you know what something means thank you for saying that i don't always know but you have to trust yeah you have to step out on that limb and give it anyway yeah. because you know and how I always say a spirit gives us little breadcrumbs, right? They lead us on a journey. We don't see the whole picture. I've connected this girl, looks like she passed some cancer, was about this age. You know, she was very small in frame. Uh, I know that she was with her when she passed. She gives me images like this, but then boom, she shifts it and shows up in a bra. I'm like, okay, this changed. <laughs> this changed real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to go with the flow. Go yeah. where the breadcrumbs lead you. And because it, there's a really important validation here that I didn't know. And it was just, just so odd and awkward uh, and so surreal that I knew it meant something. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that I didn't have fear still, even after 25 years of doing this work. Doesn't mean that I didn't doubt for a minute. But you know what? I swore that I would trust anyway. Yeah. And I prefaced that. I said, I swear what spirit showed me, I would trust. And it was such a big message for them. And it was like those daughters like weren't sure. Yeah. That's why they didn't stand up. Yeah. But as soon as I said they they knew it was their sister. Yeah. They knew that it was their it was her daughter and it was their sister that was coming through without a doubt. Mm -hmm. It was that moment that everything changed in that reading. Um, because people can be skeptical. Yeah, right? absolutely. Even when and, they and it's okay to be skeptical. I think it's okay to be skeptical, but but healthy skeptic, not like shut down because then you're you're like limiting yourself from the possibility. Yeah. And when spirit finds a nugget of a breadcrumb there that is like so big and important that means something to you that no one else could know, it shifts your reality. And that's what mediumship does for people. It helps you heal, but shifts your whole world and your connection to spirit without they've let go of their doubt. Do you think that they're talking to her knowing that she can hear them? Probably all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and even, you know, uh, this lady in spirits, daughter's messaged me and said thank you so much for helping my mom my mom got 10 years younger that day mm. and she grew an inch taller yeah. it was just like she it was it was a life-changing moment for her yeah. and um you, you don't know how powerful something like this could be or what it could mean to a person and that's the gift yeah. is not having abilities the gift is serving people and helping people live greater more spiritually connected lives to their ancestors that are in the spirit world, whoever they may be, so that they can walk around more enlightened, more one inch taller, 10 years younger in some say, uh, but in a way that, you know, it changes their life so they don't have that doubt either. You've, you've taken doubt from that person. Yeah. You've taken disbelief or fear or whatever that person's been carrying and you've, you've exchanged it for faith and belief and trust and, and knowing that spirit's real and it's 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 a super it's that it's being part of that process is uh is a blessing absolutely i agree and you i've 
I really appreciate some of the points that you've said that I would love to highlight. One being, even as a medium, us receiving this information, we don't often always know what it means, right? And so I really appreciate you bringing up that point. And then same for me in development and things that I see even my students developing is not saying the thing because it either appears too obvious or they don't understand it. And like these little moments of magic that really change people's lives, maybe we're not meant to understand everything. And so I really appreciate you talking about that as well. So thank you for sharing those stories. And it's, it's good and kind of scary to know that as years pass, it doesn't go away. <laughs> I think I asked well, everyone who has decades behind them, I'm like, does it go away? No? Okay. There's a okay. shimmer, a shimmer of, you know, doubt. And, but I mean, it's quickly dashed when you just, you know, not empower it. Just step it's into it anyway. interesting too, right? It keeps it interesting. It's like, oh, this new, like it continues the levels of like trust in the spirit world and, and really kind of throwing it over to them. So yeah. Just like uh, on season two, the, if you haven't seen the season two premiere, you can watch it on YouTube on my YouTube channel, which I posted there. And there's like, they they showed like three clips of readings because the readings are usually a few minutes long that they show on TV or something like that for each reading. But even though the readings are like an hour and a half, they only show like the, the nuggets, I guess, that yeah. they want people to kind of like uh, experience. I wish they could see the whole thing because you could see the whole arc of the messages, how they worked, how they come through and, and that arc of healing through the reading itself. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the weirdest things that I, I, I was filmed uh, in season two saying was I, I was in front of this young girl who obviously had struggled for life and they showed me a toaster. And I thought, this is odd. I've never, I never spoken to you about the toaster in all my life. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm speaking to her friends at deceased and her friend was so adamant to connect to me. And I'm sorry for her friend because I smudged prior to doing my, my, my thing and I invited their family in, but I forgot to invite friends. And then her friend was trying to get into the bubble of energy that I've created that safe space. Uh, when I was doing my session that she wasn't really able to come in because I, I, you know, we all consider intentions about what, who we welcome in. Mm -hmm. And I invited this, these people's family, but not her friends. And I realized that because during the reading, and this is, was really cool during the filming, but the whole, everybody on set that was filming me doing the session heard this woman yell at me, even though it wasn't recorded. Yeah. Because I said, somebody yelled and it was like at me and it was like, you guys hear that? And three of the camera, two of the camera people did, the sound guy didn't catch it. And I was like, it was strange, but she yelled at me. I said, there's another spirit here. And she goes, oh my God, I'm hoping it's my friend. And then she starts shaking the light above us and you can hear it going clang, clang, clang. I'm like, yeah, I say she really wants to get in here. So <laughs> I said, come on in. And then, I, and then when she connected to me, I saw that she had taken her life at a very young age. And I know this young girl was struggling the same way. And the boom, as the messages go on, because again, they see people struggling in life. Now, there's great validation, but there's healing that this girl needs because she's a sexual assault survivor. And she was sexually assaulted for four or five years. And that, that came out because she talked to me about going to this field that was uh, very important that I talk about. And I said, why would she take me in the backwood to this field? And she goes, that's where this person would take me for four years and sexually assault me. Mm -hmm. So why would spirit take me to the place where you're hurting? Why would they want to talk about where your pain is? And that's where she took, that's where her friend took me is because that's where she stuck. And then she showed me the toaster. Why would she show me the toaster? And you can see the shock on her face and her mom's because she used to actually hurt herself. And she used to burn herself with the toaster. It's something nobody knows. 
and it was that she struggled and she had so much pain in her life that she would inflict pain. Some people would cut themselves. Some people do different things, but I've never seen anybody do anything with a toaster for themselves. But this young girl was. So there was, you know, her friend wanted me to help her through whatever I could with this, the sexual assault in some way. There's like, when you're doing work like this, the healing part, you know, having a good grasp of like maybe guiding people to good counselors or therapists, psychologists, if need be, but guiding them as well about, you know, loving themselves unconditionally and, you know, not to hurt yourself. Yeah. And that was the message that was coming through for this young girl. It was like probably the, the greatest reading I did for all of season two. And it was the last one I did of the whole season. Even though on, on episode 13, it's the, the second last, it's, it was the last. Mm-hmm. And it's left this impression with me that when people come to see somebody like you, Danielle, or another medium, for me, I don't even do personal sessions anymore. But when people show up to me, because I don't know who they are that are coming to see me, but it's, it's not random. Mm-hmm. You know, spirit brings the people that need it. I feel sometimes there's certain people that need it more than others for different reasons. And this girl obviously needed a connection to her friend who took her life because she tried to take her life at several times too. And, you know, that's never intention in life to like leave this world. We came here with an intention to be here to live, experience, grow, go through everything, even some of the most horrible things of life and come out in a different way and a different perspective. So that's where I guided her. I know there was a life changing, shifting moment for her. And it was all because of spirit and, and her coming to see me and the messages that they showed me, the things that you don't understand. Um, and I knew as soon as she started crying, I understood why the toaster was relevant. I knew, and you will even see it on the look on my face. I, I know what this means. Because mm. it is that clear, clear cognizant yeah. knowing yeah. that I know what this means. I know the message here. I know why they're showing me this. Yeah. But I also know what I need to say to this person. Yeah. And that's equally as important as seeing things mm-hmm. is what, how to approach people in, in a good way, in the yes. right way, from a loving space with no fear, mm-hmm. uh, kindness, compassion, courage, all those, those emotions are important when delivering messages to people because these people are in vulnerable places. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're hurting. Uh, they've struggled. They sometimes they've tried to take their own life for different reasons and you have to approach them like with enormous amounts of love yeah. and non-judgment because, and I know spirit put her in front of me for a reason. It's not an accident that she showed up there to receive that. I think what you could see at the end of the clip is that she has now new hope yeah. in her life and you can see the light in her eye and that, cause that light, she was in, in a sense, I like to say she was re-enlightened mm. knowing that spirit is real this is not all random she didn't suffer and 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 her whole life doesn't have to be suffering yeah this work is like massively important and you have to approach it from that same space and place and integrity and and do it from your your whole heart and being part of that process is a gift again not so much the seeing stuff which what people think is like the coolest part yeah (laughs) it's really being part of this process where you can help change people's lives or help them heal that's the real gift yeah I love that and what I love about Spirit Talker the TV show is it's serving such a beautiful population that typically probably wouldn't have access 
to mediumship or, you know, professional mediums. And then also seeing a story like that will inspire and impact so many others. So even though she was able to be re-enlightened in that moment, there are other women across Canada, her age in a very similar situation. And they will also indirectly be changed and inspired and re-enlightened by that experience, which is what I absolutely love about the show. And even being able to watch you do that demonstration in Vancouver, you know, my sister-in-law, like you changed her life with that one message. A funny story about that is I was sitting next to her and I just had this feeling the next one was going to be for her. And I felt this tug on my shirt. Like I felt mm. like a tug and I thought it was her. So I turned to her. I said, I think you're going to be next. And then you said, I have Nathan and Chris here because that's how you start your dems, which is mind blowing. And she just stood up like a robot because there's only one person in the room with a Nathan and a Chris there. Right. Which is yeah. what I love. And you, you changed her life you you have no idea like I think she's trying to write you and stuff like that too but again such a vulnerable population of people who don't typically have access to this type of healing which is what I love about the show and what I love about your work and so thank you for that well that's like I mean not all messages come from having a direct reading with the person too and that's why I think um, stage platform uh, readings are important because I'm one person, I can only reach so many people. But when you're in a group and seeing these things take place for another person, you're part of it. Mm. And there might be a message for this person that reaches seven other people. Yes. And, I, and I'll use a, the common thing that John Holland says, which is, he's a good friend of mine, that he says that some people are getting the direct letters. Yeah. And then other people are getting little postcards. Mm -hmm. And those postcards are messages for other people that yeah. means something to them. Even though I'm reading this person, what comes through, you know, affects a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, when I do a show, I think about it this way, that even though I maybe read 13 to 15 people in the audience because of time constraints and my energy levels, because I can only be in an energy for so long before I start to burn out and get tired and lose my connection. And then I feel like I'm not doing great mediumship and, and, and I don't not like doing great mediumship. So you have to balance your energy or you have to know what you can do and, and not do and know those boundaries of the, of your energy mm -hmm. that you start getting tired. You don't give what you need to give to a person or a people or an audience. I like to think even though there's 13 or 15 readings I do for those people or those families that are there, those 13 or 15 people have a similar story to everybody in that audience. And everybody's touched by those messages. They're touched by that healing message. And mm -hmm. it resonates with them in a way that they walk away knowing that this peace and knowing that their loved ones are with them too. Instead of getting direct validation that, you know, Chris and Nathan, I mean, it's mm -hmm. nice to say those names, but it's the message that your sister may have gotten. It was your sister? Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law yeah. that got that it maybe affected five other people there that Absolutely. resonate with them too. Yeah. that's that's the cool part and uh, spirit's intelligent enough to know that if you connect to that person this person this person that everybody's touched yes they have that divine intelligence it's yeah. it goes beyond even our understanding sometimes yeah. i feel like that uh, you know what comes out what what the messages that are meant to be will will touch everybody with one uh, one thing or another yeah, see, I'm a clairsentient girl. Like I've always like clairsentience just seems to be the first thing that came to me, like the emotion. And sometimes when I'm watching Dems and even sitting here with you, and when I do, it's like it's a charged atmosphere. Like you can actually feel 
a healing atmosphere. So I often tell people if I'm doing group work, I'm like, even though you might not receive a message, just enjoy sitting in this extremely healing, beautiful, vibrant, sticky energy mm -hmm. that we're co-creating from being here with a very common goal, right? To, to see some healing take place. And when I attend demonstrations, because I don't have a deep need for mediumship, because I feel... I'm good. I'm squared away with a lot of my loved ones. I love sitting in that healing energy and atmosphere. I feel like at a cellular level, I can feel it. I'm like, I just feel like, like nour nourished, I think in that space. Right. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I feel nourished in that. I go to see mediums yeah. like uh, John, John Holland, or I'll go see John Edward, or I've even went to see Teresa Caputo. I didn't no, Teresa Caputo, she is a real medium. <laughs> Some people say that maybe she isn't, but I think she is. I saw her work. She definitely is. Um, but what I found different was that her audiences were so large mm -hmm. that I, there were some moments that everybody felt it, but there was a lot of few moments there that I felt disconnected because they were too big. Yeah. And I, I feel like even the crowd size is important to not go too big to keep that consensus of energy uh, that is, you know, coherent with everybody. So, I mean, I, I'm, I applaud her success, but I feel like there's something to be said about maybe not having as large as audiences, like 8,000 people or something like that. Yeah. It's hard to connect to that many people in that way. I mean, she's got a huge amount of energy though. Great yes. bubbly personality and, and obviously very beautiful. And, you know, and that personality comes out for sure in a live audience, but I think, you know, my shows are never that big. I, I, I mean, it'd be awesome if they were, but I, I would still probably not go that large just to feel the vibe. Yes. Just to make sure that everybody in the audience itself is in that zone, that place, that space. And I could see you do that at your demonstration that I was at. And I really love that. And I took notes because this is why I watch mediumship. I'm taking notes, but there's a point midway where to get the energy back, you ask the audience, like, do you have any questions? And then give them an opportunity to kind of like pick up that energy and kind of like help co-create that energetic space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. So I can't let you leave without a couple more questions because sure, you can ask me, I'm here as long as you want me to be. Here. Oh, really? Okay. Cause I'm always trying to be <laughs> super aware of people's time. I can't let you leave without names. Like I know they're not everything. And I personally only get names once in a while. And I've asked you this before, but when I threw it out to my audience, like this is just one of your signatures, right? It's just, you know, you're working with Sean Leonard because the first thing he's coming at you with is a very accurate name. So I'm just kind of curious when it comes to the language of spirit, do you receive the more clairaudiently, claircognizantly? Like what was the first experience that you knew you got names and how have you sustained that? Well, the first time was Charlie. Charlie, yeah. okay. Yeah. That was the first moment that I heard somebody speak to me in my mind. Yeah. And it's like a thought. It was like a mental verbal thought that came into my brain and just said, it was in a loud voice. It just said, Charlie, over time of development, I've been able to hear spirits verbally. Sometimes, yeah. mostly I hear them. How I hear them mostly is again, those thoughts that come into my mind. And I have usually have like one or two names that come to me. Sometimes all three names come to me and I just say them. I just like, okay, I have you know, Josephine and, you know, Xander or something like this weird. And then Nathan or, or Nathaniel. And then I just start going and, and then somebody stands up on my gun and I said, it feels like there's a dad and it, I feel it out. I'm like, this feels like could be uncle because he feels a little bit more distant off to the right. But, and so I feel the energy of Claire Sentinel and then I go, oh my God, that is my dad. That is my uncle. And that's my, you know, my brother too. And like, oh, okay, I'm with you. <laughs> and then I just get into it. Yeah. And it's really just, just allowing those, those mental verbal thoughts to come into my brain. Have I worked at it over the years? Yes. By even just talking names in my mind. Yeah. 
like repetitively saying different weird names like Alexander. I've never said that name ever, but I know it must mean something to somebody in the audience. And but that's where I just get out of the way and just trust. And then the person that stands up, um, it's for them. And then I just continue. It's the breadcrumb. Yeah. And that I follow that journey and like, okay, I don't know where I'm going with this, but this is how it feels, who I feel they are. Yeah. And then I move forward and I've talked and asked spirit to, to speak to me like spirit. I really want you when I do my sessions to put names in my mind. So I know who these people are. I'm mm -hmm. very open and available for that. Make them as clear as you can, you know, just speak them slowly so that I can do my best with them. But I'm completely open to that. Speak them to me more. Thank you. And I would just speak to spirit and tell them what I need. Yeah. What do I need? What do I need to do this better? What do I need to do this greater? Because they want me to do the best I can too. They're like, they're all rooting for me over there too. It's like, oh my God, okay, we can, how can we help this guy be all he can be in, in, in his, his line of work with spirit and such? Yeah. Because if, if I reach people, then they get to reach more people. Yes. And because uh, it's not about just me, it's about everybody being more connected. Again, just to talk about season two, the promo trailer, one of the coolest things is because we can doubt things, mm -hmm. right? We can doubt things like voices or a name or things like that. And do I know 100% who everybody is all the time? No, I don't always know. But, and sometimes they tell me about people that don't even, they don't even know. Yeah. And what I love is like halfway through the reading, it's like, oh my God, how could I forget my great uncle Bob who just passed away just last month? <laughs> I'm like... You mean I've been like working at this name, but like, I'm, you sure there's no Rob or Bob or anything? No, 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 I don't know anybody. I'm like, they've come with the expectation. They want to hear from me, Bessie Sue and Uncle Tim and, you know, their, their, their son, but never their, their great uncle, even though they had a relationship with them, but forgot about them completely. But, you know, because they came up with the idea that this person was coming, but then the other person showed up. Yeah, yeah. I can't control that part. And then I'm doing the reading and I'm connected. I'm like, well, just remember who they are. Cause this is what I, how I approach it. I say, remember who they are because it might make sense to you in a bit of time that you just don't get it right now. Yes. And I move on because I'm not going to get stuck on it because sometimes people have psychic amnesia. They just don't remember. They don't remember anything except the people that they came to hear from. Yeah. I, this is where I've watched John Edwards work since I was a kid, right? Like since yeah. I was a kid, he's like, you have a, a penny in heaven. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Like he would basically just stand in his conviction and be like, yeah, yes, I, you do. He's a little bit more hardcore than I am on that. I'll like, uh, just remember it. I'm moving on because I can't, I can't, I won't get stuck on something because I mean, I don't care what people think because I know what John Edwards intention when he does it is he wants to validate and show that he, what he's getting is like like legit and it means yeah. something. And even though if they can't remember, he's gonna, he won't go away until they do. He's yeah. like, a, like he says, he's like a pit bull, you know, <laughs> dug in, he's not letting go, right? Yeah. But for me, I'm not as hardcore like that. I, I don't care what people think, if they believe or disbelieve, I'm gonna do what I do anyway. I don't have like this, like thinking, hey, I gotta be right about every single thing or people are gonna pick me apart. Pick me apart if you need to, I don't care. I'm still gonna do what I do and I'm gonna do it from the right space and place. I don't worry about what people believe or disbelieve. I'm still gonna be who I am. I mean, if I was a musician and you know, I was trying to give music to somebody who only likes country music and I'm playing like, you know, ACDC and they hate it. I mean, am I gonna stop playing music? No, I don't care if they don't like, you know, rock and roll, I'm gonna keep playing it anyway. Yeah. So you just, you got to do, you got to do what you got to do and, and, and be separate from the expectations or the ideas or thought of others and, and, and continue that, that journey in that way. And I've had people like come to me, like complete skeptics, arms crossed, like, no, no, yeah. 
I've had a couple like that. I'm like, man, do you even really want to be here? I know. Like, like do you know how many people want to be in this here? Seat? I'm honest. I'll just say, did your wife bring you here? I said, did she make you stay? I'm like, I'm not. You can go out in the car, man. I didn't care. I'll read your wife. Yes. Uh, I said, but I'm not going to waste my energy on you. If you, you know, I don't even say anything. You've already said no. Yeah. I love it. I've had things like that. Too. I gave someone their money back two years ago because they just said no to everything. I'm like, okay, we're just not a good fit. And they just kind of gave their money back. That's right. Just, just. You know, I'm doing my best here. I'm not doing this to like defraud you anyway. I'm, I swear to God, I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. And uh, whether I say, can you just maybe gun cross your arms and open up to the maybe possibility? And sure enough, usually halfway through, like, you know, I do connect to them again and then something does come through. And th- there's only been one guy in all of my years that has just said no the whole time. Yeah. His wife said yes. And then, and then, but he said no. And it was just, ridiculous yeah but you know each their own each and that, I mean it was a good experience for me to go through even though at the time it felt kind of crappy yeah but it, it is what it is you have to, you have to be able to take different people's egos you have to be able to like manage it and and again stay separate of the expectations of other people but still doing what you do because you love it yeah but uh, on the show itself uh for season two trailer one of the first clips that you'll see is I'll ask this girl and, I, and you'll see me kind of intently focusing at the table because I'm in that zone because we all get into a kind of a headspace or a zone to receive information. Because if you, again, that's why meditation is so important to create space to receive. Because if you're busy thinking, you know, you're not going to let anything come in because your head's too busy. So you got to kind of get in that zone when you create some space. And I'm like, okay, there's a father figure. Your father's pastor. He goes, well, I don't really know my father. And then I'm kind of staring. Okay. And I heard, tell him it's Frank in my head. I'm like, well, do you know somebody named Frank? And she goes, yeah, I, I know Frank. And, and is he passed? Yeah, he's passed. Tell her it is Frank. And I said, it is Frank. He's your dad. And she's like shocked because she didn't know her dad her whole life. Has not known. But there's been one man that has been coming around her whole life. That was like a father figure and showed up. He would take off for some time and show back up and awkwardly, weirdly spend time with her, but she didn't know why. And it was like a big secret. Yeah. I mean, her mom would never tell her who her dad was. Yeah. But Frank always showed up and and she spent a lot of time with Frank and she loved, she, she loves, but she never thought about him as her dad. Right. And then when I told that it all clicked, you could see all the bells going off in her head. I was like, Oh my God. how did I miss this my whole life? Yeah. How did I not put this together? And then after she, much later, because she didn't have any pictures of Frank, because that's not who she came to talk to, but Frank wanted to let her know that it was her dad. Right. And he is deceased. Yeah. And she brings, she sent a picture into the production company, and uh, which you'll see on the show itself. But when you see the picture, man, there's a definite family resemblance. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's definitely daddy. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Yeah, lots of family um, secrets kind of coming out in mediumship sometimes. Yeah, but it was the clear audience. Right. That was able to validate for me, right? It was like, you know, it just it was just a name came into my mind. It was like, Frank, just those kind of like super cool moments. And I think the both of them that were there, even though their friends are not related, they, you know, she's like, the girl that she's with is like, wow. <laughs> Mom got a call. How did I not know this too? <laughs> I love it. You can't read a mind if they don't even know. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I'll tell you one other quick story that didn't make it to the show, 
But there was a guy, and he was in Woodstock First Nation. This guy came in super skeptical. And uh, they asked people at the beginning, are you skeptical and things like that. And and I, I do the reading and I connect to his brother. He did cry a little bit. Then he tried to hold it back. And, you know, he still wasn't convinced because he came to connect to his sister. Mm. But I didn't on the show, Philem didn't connect to his sister. And I felt when I was reading him, I'm missing something here. But I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anybody. So... Mm. After we're done filming the session, uh, I went out into the parking lot and I'm like, man, and I said, you know, I feel like I missed something with you. He says, yeah, I'm pretty skeptical. He says, it was nice you kicked in my brother and all this, but I really came with the intention to talk to my sister. As soon as he said that, boom, picture in my mind. It was down in, it was down in um, Maine and she was down there partying with two other friends and she was murdered. Mm -hmm. So I say this, I said, was she down in Maine partying somewhere? With two friends, he just, yeah. And she, I said, uh, and then she tells me a name. Boom. Name comes into my mind. That's the person that murdered her. And he goes, oh my God, that was her boyfriend. Wow. I said, was he in Maine at the time she was there? Yes. Wow. I said, and he goes, but he's deceased. And I didn't know that part. I said, but you came here wanting to know who murdered your sister. Yeah. I saw what happened. She told me who it was. And happened to be your boyfriend who was in the area and they were split up. Mm -hmm. He was a suspect. But without telling me anything, I was able to see and connect to that and give that clear audit message. And then he went in and did his interview as like a complete believer. He's like, yeah. <laughs> even though that part was not shown on TV, it was what I talked to him about out in the parking lot that I was able to tune into that that it was that a shift that took place with him. And it, I think his name went, might be Valentino or something like that. But Really super nice guy, ex-police uh, officer himself for the First Nation community that he lived in yeah. and had been struggling with spirit his whole life because his sister was murdered. Hence why he became a police officer. It changed his life. I mean, I do feel like everything happens for a reason. But Claire Audens, you I mean, it'll sneak up onto you sometimes. You don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does, I mean, talk to spirit and tell him you're open, you're available, and then work at saying names in your mind. And one day you'll be just sitting there staring at somebody and boom, a name will pop on your head. And you're like, Bridget, I just heard Bridget. Yeah. See, and I love it because I messaged you after my second demonstration I ever did. And I remember that I messaged you because I was like, the they were so different, the first two. And I just had some questions, right? I'm like, I have some questions. But I think that first night I ever demonstrated was the first time I ever experienced like true Claire audience. And it was magical. And it was actually so much easier for me than Claire sentience. I was like, this is like ease. So when you have something drop in, because I am someone who has a real busy mind and a really busy um, internal dialogue, like I'm a busy woman. Do you have a way to explain the discernment between your thought and spirit's thought like is there a way that you discern or is it just based off clear cognizance like trust well i know when thoughts are being given to me okay because i know when things are being shown like the bra mm -hmm. uh, i know when i'm hearing the name frank that it's not my thought because i'm not thinking about anybody named frank it, and it's being shoved into my brain yeah frank oh okay frank and it just comes out of my mouth yeah. um i know when they're whether it's clairvoyance or clair uh clairaudience I know when they're putting it in there because I, 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 my mind, and that's why meditation is so important. I'm into a clear headspace. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm, not th I'm, I'm present. 
here. I'm open. I'm available. I'm listening. I'm sensing. I'm here right now. I'm nowhere else. And that's why it's also important to not be doing sessions if you can't be here right now. Right. Because you're not honoring people that uh, with the work that you do to serve if you can't do it well. It's good that you're in a good space and place. So if you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life, you might want to take some time to make sure you're in a good, clear space before you step into the work again, or, or you're going to do a reading that isn't so good, or you won't be as open, or you may get a few things, but it's going to be just okay when it could be great. Yeah. And uh, so you have to honor that, honor your energy, honor space, but just being open and just clearing space in your mind to hear, to see, to feel, to sense, to know. And the clearer you're in that space and the more present you are and you trust whatever flows through your thoughts. And it could be as faint, little as foggiest image that just comes through your mind. You're like, oh, okay. I don't know what this means, but blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh my God, no, we just did this today. Sometimes they show me some really odd things, but I now know their intention as to why. Mm -hmm. Like if they tell me about a fire, for instance, that I had, it, even this person didn't understand this. I'm like, I don't know why they're showing me this, but was uh, they were showing me water in the basement. And I thought it meant like uh, that their pipes were going to burst. And I said, this is so weird, but you should check your pipes because they just show me your, your, the, your whole basement full of water. And I'm like, you better check everything out because I mean, this is not a thought in my head. And I told them and they, they, they went home. They said they checked the pipes. It was fine. And I said, well, I don't know what it means. A month later, their house caught on fire. The only thing left was their basement. It was filled with water. Wow. It was, I meant to change it. No, I, I mean, there's certain things you can tell people that are meant to happen. I mean, maybe they were meant to move. I don't know, but I know that. And she she says, this is the weirdest thing. She took a picture, sent me. She goes, all that's left of my house is the basement. And it's completely filled with water because the firemen were pouring water all over my house. Yeah. It fit, even though they didn't understand at the time. And this is when things sometimes don't align at the moment. Yeah. Maybe later it does. Did I know that they were going to have a fire? No, I didn't know that. Or I would have told them. I, I would have, yeah. honest to God. And when it happened, it gave them some sense of like knowing that maybe there was a purpose for this. Yeah. Because if you can perceive it, see it, or have an insight into it, it means spirit sending you on a journey, whether you like it or not. And it may be not one that you're happy with. Mm -hmm. You're going that way anyway. And it, you know, when somebody like me or you or anybody that has insight into something like that, it gives them a sense of knowing that this was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. And then they look at it differently yeah. and they don't like, you know, they're not struggling with the turmoil of like, oh my God, I lost this, I lost that. And this is spirit obviously wants us to move to a different place. If this was meant to happen, this was meant to happen. And, you know, they, they accepted it. I mean, and that's the greatest gift you can give anybody's acceptance, because if they can accept the loss, if they can accept, you know, the pain that they went through or the, the abuse, if they can accept that they've gone through it, because yeah. when you move into acceptance, then there's a peace that comes. Mm -hmm. And when you can give people peace because of that, then you can start to move into a new direction of life because of those experiences, because you've learned to accept and be at peace with them. And it's part of the plan through life. I mean, I've been through some good and bad and some really crappy things. And I wish I could say, you know, because I'm psychic that I've made all the best decisions in life. And even though my gut would say, hey, dumbass, sorry for my words, but you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still a real person, right? 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, you do these stupid things anyway, and then you find out later, we're just dumb. You should have just listened to your freaking intuition. You didn't <laughs> do it, you know? And I've been even working 25 years. I'm still like, no, oh, I'll, I'll do this. I'll make it work. No, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. So two more areas I hope to hit before sure. I let you go, because my husband's downstairs with the kids, and I'm sure I can feel okay. his resentment from downstairs. Oh, really? I feel it. No, <laughs> he's, when you're talking earlier about skeptics, my husband's very cynical. Like, um, it's beyond skeptical, right? But he's very supportive of what I do. I'm so enjoying this conversation. And I really wanted to talk to you about angels because I've had many, many mediumship mentors in my eight years of development and not a single one has believed in angels or referenced angels or talked about them. When I flat out asked some of them, like, do you believe in them? They're like, no, but for me, they have been part of my journey almost as long as mediumship. And I'm very passionate about it. When I took your Spirit Talker Tribe class a couple of years ago, you had a whole module on angels. And so I was super excited about that. So I couldn't let you go at all without asking you about your experience with angels, how you feel they may play into your mediumship, if at all, and just whatever you have to say about angels. Well, angels are, are people that can help you very much like guides. Guides guide you through life, but sometimes even your guides will call on angels to help you through a certain circumstance because they're able to kind of like go between realms a little bit more easier than your guide sometimes and angels have specific jobs and i wasn't sure about angels myself because i mean being raised very young in a catholic type of belief i mean i kind of stepped away from catholicism altogether and i thought it was all a bunch of malarkey in my opinion at some point but then i started to shift my ideas about maybe some of this actually might be being legitimately real and now because like i speak about angels and teach about angels i had my own connection to them myself and i'd seen some in dreams that i had and where they connected to me and i and i felt them i'd seen them but recently something really cool that happened to kind of like even further that understanding that they're there is because i like i have digital recorder mm -hmm. and i often even when i do all my sessions I record all my sessions in person, I have it down on the table. And even during my sessions, you can sometimes hear the spirits talking to me, talking, and you can actually record them speaking. Uh, are they there? Yeah, they're there. I've had family members identify different family just because they could they could hear them when I play back. If they don't hear them, if I hear them, I say, oh my God, I just heard somebody say this and this. So after the session, I mark it and go, we go back and listen. And then you can sometimes actually hear that person saying that, which is super cool. I've not really like relied so much on what I may read in a book somewhere. Mm -hmm. I've really gone on into the world to kind of explore spirit for myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like why sometimes mediums don't uh, have a connection to angels because a lot of mediums where there are in their development may feel kind of icky with religion mm -hmm. and that, that identification with religion in some way. And, and that angels is part of that, that religious type of belief system, right? So they, they kind of want to remove themselves from that. And I, I do as well in some sense, but if they're real, they're real. And uh, I've kind of gone into that realm to kind of explore spirit. What is spirit? Mm -hmm. Where, what levels is there angels? Are there guides? I mean, uh, can I prove that they're real through my visions and things like that? Maybe I can't prove them to everybody, but I can prove it to myself. And then it, it forms my understanding of what spirit is. And then I share it. Whether people believe it or not, that's their opinion. I, I don't really care what other people's opinions are. I don't operate my life in that way. Yeah. I operate it from my own beliefs and my own uh, convictions. And, and I know the intention which I approach everything and what spirit means to me. And it's still always unfolding. And some mediums 
that unfoldment hasn't happened for them. And that's okay. That doesn't mean they're not connecting to people in spirit world or not. they may be still receiving messages, but that element or that part or that connection to an angelic realm hasn't unfolded for them in that way, which is perfectly fine, each to their own and how they choose to serve people. But one of the things I often get, and if you go to my YouTube channel, these spirits talking to me and I record them actually quite a bit. So I know they're not just crazy voices in my head if I'm recording them because they're really there. And uh, so I record a lot of people saying different things to me. And one of those things is my guide. Uh, I have a guy named Victoria. And there's a great clip on my YouTube channel of uh, when I went to help an earthbound spirit, because there's sometimes spirits that not have transcended into light. Mm -hmm. And I went to help uh, this one spirit on an island in Nova Scotia called McNabb's Island. And I met a guy there named Howard Carter. And you can actually hear him telling me his name. And he's got a breathy kind of voice. And he actually, you know, was looking to be helped. And you'll actually hear him saying his name to me, Howard Carter. I'm like, okay, there's a Howard Carter here. But the cool part is, it's not only am I trying to serve and help this man move to a higher level energy, because that's the difference between earthbound spirits and people that have moved into the light with their non-locale, is that people haven't moved into the higher level of energy yet, where they could be at many places at once, where an earthbound spirit is pretty much in one space or place or time, still clinging to their earthly ego of their one life when we live many lifetimes. And there's many aspects of us from many lifetimes as well. But I caught and recorded Victoria, my guide, speaking to him. And this is where it gets cool because you, you'll hear her speaking, saying, she says a sentence to Howard and she tells him the light way the light is. It's a breathy voice because spirit with voice sometimes comes with a breathy voice. So she goes, the light way, the light is. So in a very small, soft spirit voice recorded from my guy, Victoria, speaking to the Howard Carter, that is looking for a way to transcend the earthly uh, place from which he's resided in for many, many years, if not maybe 100 years, into the, the light of the other side. She's telling him the light is the way to go. So the light is real. The light exists. And if you ever hear and speak to anybody who's had a near-death experience, they will speak about the light. Mm -hmm. I've seen the light when my dad connected to me when I was 16. Very profound visitation moment in seeing the reality of, uh, of the spirit world as opposed to the physical world we live in. That was a, a story in the book that you'll have to read. I can't tell today. I was uh, not that long ago. I was with some people from Spirit Talker Tribe. And one of those students was Ann Bennett, who is now working as a medium in Nova Scotia, based on the teachings that I helped her with. And she's still scared of earthbound spirits because they have that ego, that personality. And, you know, and this is the one thing I'll disagree with religion. Everybody's demons, negative and dark, and just even spirits you talk to, they're all demons, which I think is actually freaking ridiculous. They're all just people for God's sakes. Different levels of energy, yes, but they're still people. We can still care about them. We can still have compassion for them. I meet everybody, whether they're an arsehole or not, I'm still kind. And same with spirit, depending on what energetic level they are on, if there's an earthbound spirit, I have compassion for them. Now, some people, spirits, if they see me coming, will run the hell away from me because I would try to help them <laughs> and they don't want to be helped. Yeah. Just like some real physical people still living in the world. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> they, they see a medium, they're like getting the hell away from me. They just like, they're going to think I know whatever about them, whatever. But anyway, 
I was, we went and did an investigation at an old radar place here that was owned by the military and, and supposedly some guy had died out there. And uh, when we were walking up to the building, you know, there's some warning signs and Anne's already nervous about connecting to like lower level energy beings, earthbound spirits. They're still people, not demons. They're just freaking people. I go and speak uh, to, because I've spoken to this fellow before. And I never got to help them. So I'm bringing some people back for the experience of how you can help somebody move into the light. Uh, we were going there and she, there's like all these signs going down the trail and she's nervous about going to the building. It's all no trespassing. We, we, sh we shouldn't be there because it's an abandoned building. It's owned by somebody, but we're going there anyway. And she's a little nervous because, and she's worried about maybe, maybe we shouldn't go up to the building. And then in the background, I record a voice of my guide Victoria and I don't know if I actually put this on YouTube channel yet but I might just do that yeah. but in the background you hear Victoria telling me now my guide who is at a higher level of energy she tells me to summon angels and you can hear her saying it as clear as day mm. so if my guide Victoria who I record very often you can hear her voice on my YouTube channel is speaking to me about angels I'm pretty sure she's got a little bit more insight than a lot of people that are still here on the physical plane, considering where she resides from. So in my opinion, angels exist. Yeah. Whether you choose to work in that realm, that's a personal choice. Mm -hmm. Do they, do I feel like they've lived lives? No, I don't. I feel like they're a being that was created by the creator that solely exists in the light of the other side but to assist us through life in some ways, to help us. Mm -hmm. But maybe called upon by your spiritual guide, maybe called on, upon by the council for whatever reason in life, maybe you need an angel to help you through something. They're usually very silent. They don't speak. I think they, they probably don't talk. No. That's from my experience, because I've never recorded an angel speaking, but I've recorded my guide talking about that. Yeah. And I trust her. She's my guide yeah. and, and I've been working with her throughout my life and I record her uh, often talking to me a lot of times. Yeah. She's absolutely there. It's not a crazy voice in my head. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's a, she only comes from a place of light as she mm -hmm. speaks to Howard Carter and love and compassion and you'll hear it in her voice. Yeah. Um, even protecting me when you run into an earthbound spirit that might be not so nice. Because yeah. one of the voices you'll hear her speaking is telling somebody to get the hell off me. <laughs> yes, that's my favorite EVP you've ever shared. It's like, off Sean. <laughs> she was pretty stern. You know, yeah. she's still doing it from love. But, you know, I'm Sean's God. I'm protecting Sean. You better get off Sean. Because he actually put his hands on me and had gripped my hand or whatever. I mean, this is an earthbound spirit. He's, you know, they can't hurt you. You're way more stronger than them. We all, I mean, all of us in, in our world are more connected to the light than we could ever imagine that anybody who is in an earthbound form. That's why they're scared of you. That's why often they try to scare you is because they want you to go the hell away. They want you to leave them alone because in their world, they're just happy. That's yes. wherever they are. And I often will try to help them understand that they've chosen to stay here. Yes. That no matter what they've done, if they murdered somebody, whatever, I still have kindness, I have compassion, I have love, because that's the energy for which we all have come from. Mm -hmm. And I operate from that space for every person, no matter what. Yeah. And, uh, and I offer that 
to those people in a way that says, hey, you know, you have to step out of this world, but the light is absolutely the way to go. You need to think about the people that you love. You need to think about the people that you care about that have long moved on that are kind of probably waiting for you. Yeah. You remember how much you used to love them and bridging the connection with them to that light energy to the other side and raising their energy so then they can move into the light and move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done that successfully many times for, uh, I mean, it's not every place I go to is haunted. I know on TV, they, they go everywhere and there's like evil dark spirits everywhere. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> there are spirits around and most of them are not dark or evil. Some of them are just like, just got bad attitudes. And uh, they're just still people. And if you approach them from that space and place and take a recorder, might actually record them, might actually record your guide talking to them, might record some, your guide talking about angels helping them. Uh, You know, they're there. This is where I don't solely like uh, my, my experience, my knowledge doesn't come from a book. Mm -hmm. It comes from my life and my experience and what I've learned. And maybe not everybody has the same experience as I do, and that's okay. And uh, and if they're serving people in the way they are, whether they're whatever medium who they are, they are or spiritualists or not, I mean, each to their own. I I am I'm, I applaud them for being of service, and I think that's the most important that you are genuinely helping people. That's what mediumship is about. I love that, and I appreciate that because that was the second area I was going to talk to you about, and you hit it anyways, which is around this concept of earthbound spirits and ghosts. It's a very hot topic in the mediumship world. There's definitely a division in what people believe and hold to be true, but you know, I was saying this on Instagram earlier, and I'm glad that you kind of talked on this too, is all we can do is teach based off of our experiences. Like we can't teach things that we read in books or we're not embodied in it, and nobody would be drawn to work with us, and so I haven't had any experience with a ghost. And this is why I tell my students, I say, you know what? I was in a paranormal investigator for years. Again, I watched all the ghost shows. I wanted to have all these experiences. All I've ever experienced is loved ones gone and angels. And that's just my experience. But I think people have to remain like really open to um, interpreting their own experiences with it. But one of the things I also say is I was like, the only reason why I'm hanging on to it being a potential is because Sean Leonard talks about it and I trust you. And I think that you're an integral, um, humble human being. And I was like, he has EVPs, he has evidence. Um, And so that's, you're kind of like my evidence that there would be something like that, but I personally haven't had an experience and that just might not be my path. Right. But have you ever asked to hear a spirit or an earthbound spirit? Well, when I was a paranormal investigator, but it was way before I was spiritually evolved or aware, right? It was more party trick kind of intention. It was like, I want to see what they got on most haunted, but that was also part of my development path, right? Where those really early years in my late teens, early twenties, I spent three years. I would go to England to some really haunted locations. I did go to sleep next to a recorder every night and I did catch a voice once. It was a male's voice and I was alone. And when I was doing my makeup for work the next morning, I caught a voice that said, I have something very exciting to tell you. Sounds um, like not so much anybody that is like earthbound. Exactly. So, so I've just kind of been like looking at my experiences, like even as a kid, like things moving and footsteps and stuff, which I used to always think were like earthbound spirits and ghosts. But I was like, you know, that could have been Nana, like that could have been grandma, like making themselves known. Like we just don't know. And so, yeah. 
No, if you have a ghost, you'll know you have a ghost. There's no like, yeah. maybe, maybe it was a ghost. No, it's like, maybe there's somebody here. No, you know that there's somebody there. I've, I, it is a big difference. And that's why I think a lot of the shows go out and um, it's, it's not really real. Right. They're not really haunted. These are just people that are like from a higher realm visiting the place or whatever. They're just, they may get an EVP, but it's somebody visiting from the other side. Yes. You know, when there's a ghost, there's a big difference of energy. And even the attitude, the ego, you can feel it in the ego, even how, how they speak to you. And uh, I'll talk about one lady uh, who I'm going to hope to go back and help because it was on a property that I was at, I don't know how many years ago, maybe seven years ago. And I haven't gone back yet, but I've asked the owner if I could go back because I went to, she has a cottage. It's not really cottage. It's a mobile trailer, like a mobile home, but mm -hmm. it's in, a, it's, in, it's out in middle Muscadalbot of Nova Scotia. And she invited me and my ex to go there for dinner and to sleep over and have a fire. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds so beautiful. It was a September night, very much like around this time. And, uh, and I, we went out there, we had a nice meal and we go out around this fire and we're sitting there and I'm not even thinking about ghosts. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just enjoying the stars, the beauty of being outdoors. And it was just like super awesome. And then a woman comes right up to me and talks very, very loud. This is when I hear ghosts. I hear them with my ears more. Okay. Yeah. As opposed Obviously. to my mind. Subjective. Like I can hear them Subjective. talking to me outside of myself. Yeah. Like a person's talking to me. And this woman come up to me, and this is how she sounds. She goes, I don't like you on my property. And she said that word for word. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? This is, <laughs> you guys got somebody freaking here. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. This is her old property. And she's like, we feel around sometimes. Like, no, I'm not you. You really got somebody here that's like. I, so I, I took my ex-wife's phone. I said, listen, she's going to come back and talk to me. Yeah. I hit record. I said, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to sit here, but she's going to come back because people don't hear what I hear. And I'm like, you know, I, it confuses the hell of me is why people don't hear what I, what I hear. Cause it sounds like another person speaking yeah. to me, like with a loud voice, uh, especially an earthbound spirit. So I'm sitting there waiting 10, 15 minutes goes by. And sure enough, she comes back. She goes, tell her son to stop putting on my property. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, there she goes. I, I got her. We stop rewinding. You can hear it. And this is the really cool part. Even no one else can hear her, if I hear her, I can record her mm. and I can play it back and you can hear her speaking to me. And she sounded just like that. Now, nobody in a higher level of energy has that sense of ego and they're hanging around their property at all. They, don't, they couldn't care less about whatever they had in earth anymore. They moved beyond that. But an earthbound spirit is still attached to the property. And it's like, where did this woman exactly live? She goes, actually, her house burnt down. I said, where was her house? She goes, right where we're having the fire. I'm like, no wonder she's pissed off. We're, we're having a fire in the place where her house used to be. That burned down. <laughs> What's the odds? Like, you might want to move the fire pit. <laughs> and, uh, and I, so anyway, I slept in her trailer. Now, mind you, her house wasn't uh, in where her trailer is in a different place. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep all night because I was worried that she was going to come back and start yakking off to me in the middle of the night. Someone's going to say, didn't I tell you to leave or whatever? So I was like, you know, one eye open all night because I, even though I know they're around, I'm not scared of them. I still want to have a good night's sleep. But she, she never did come back. But that's because her house was there. And I was in her space. Mm. And that's where she still resides.
-hmm. and uh, I and I never got a chance to go back and see if I could actually speak to her and help her. So I usually when I do stuff like that, I like to bring a few people with me that I'm teaching that I feel have potential to move into an area like Ann Bennett or Elaine Hale or uh, Vanessa Peck for the people, my students that I have that are local, because I'm, I want to help people as much as I can understand the spirit world, mm-hmm. because then when they experience it, they, they understand. I mean, it's nice to tell people things, but unless you experience it firsthand, it's, it's different. And, um, and, and my, my world's a little bit different than other people's. And my understanding is a little bit different, but I mean, it's all real. I mean, it's not crazy voice in my head or I wouldn't be able to record them talking to me. Right. And yeah. uh, unfortunately that, that my ex, she's my ex-wife. I don't have that recording anymore. Mm-hmm. I wish I did. I wish I got it off her phone before we had split up, but uh, phenomenal EVP like voice. But to me, it was as loud as another person speaking to me. Yeah. And what I would tell people that are developing as memes, going to haunted places, potentially that there might be a spirit there. You may sense them, but talk to spirit and say, hey, I'm open to hearing you. It's okay to speak to me. I did this with my ex-wife once who was very sketchy of spirit world. I said, you know what? There's a man here. We were in Lewisburg in an old fort in Nova Scotia. And I said, there's a man here with us. I can feel him. I said, I'm going to talk to him. She says, okay. I said, uh, excuse me, sir. He said, I know that you're here. I want you to know it's it's okay to talk to me if you want to talk to me. I, I know that you're here and it's okay to talk to me. And he goes, hello? And my ex-wife just about fell down on her ass and ran, and she's like, there's got to be somebody outside. She runs outside. There's nobody there. I, I said, I, she says it's on the other side of the wall. I said, there's a moat over there for God's sakes. There's nobody in the moat. So she runs outside looking in the moat and there's nobody. In it. But she says, don't ever do that again with me there. <laughs> but she heard him. Yeah. Anyways, there was this guy who had this French accent and he just said, literally said, hello. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You got me wanting to do EVP all over. But it's just talk to them. (laughs) They're people. Yeah. Talk to them like you you know that they're there. So, you know, I know you're here. It's okay if you speak to me. I'm open to that. Yeah. And and then if they're not nice, you can move away from them. Leave. Smudge yourself. Cleanse your energy. You know, go about your day. Send them some love if need be. But, you know, don't feel like you have to hang out with them if, if he's not a good fellow. Yes. And, uh, and I've stayed around a few not so good fellows sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, that's all I could go on and on and on because I have so much knowledge in this. But uh, they're absolutely real. Whether you believe they're there or not, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love real. that. And uh, go, you know, if you're not sure, go out and explore it, mm-hmm. but speak to them and talk to them. When you sense something with you and around you, it may be just your guy, like what you recorded while you're sleeping, mm-hmm. but just don't walk around without communicating to the potential spirit that is with you. Speak to them. They're like, they're really with you. And you actually may hear them speaking back to you. Like they know that you can hear them. Yes. I love that. And I think too, like even earlier when you were talking about like the names and stuff like that with you, and this is just kind of like highlights for me, there's so much like intentionality behind the things that you're asking. It's like, 
you know, just going back to even the names, it's like, I don't want to be like famous for names. It's like, I want names because I can communicate a lot easier. It's like the intention behind asking that is like pure, right? And so same with you getting like the EVPs and stuff like that. It's like, I don't want like a million YouTube downloads because I capture this EVP. It's like, I want to bring more evidence that um, spirit is communicating with us. So I just think like, this is a good thing for people to kind of like observe because there's a lot out there in the wild west of mediumship that is like not well intended and I just think like you're just one of the most like well intended mediums I've ever met and I can hear that even in your stories and it's not surprising to me you get all these amazing experiences because that's the intention that you're bringing into no, I couldn't care less about followers I, I it doesn't that's not what motivates me in life in any way I mean follow me or not follow me but listen to them uh, yeah. and you know just hear them and see what you think you know, yeah. just listen to them and just, you know, what, what does your gut tell you? What do you feel when you hear certain things, when certain, when my guide talks to me or when you hear a pirate, you know, yeah. say, go, ah, you know, like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> love it. Well, I'm going to link this. So I would love for you to kind of tell people like all the different ways they can get to know your work, like what you have kind of going on. Um, I'll be publishing this the day before spirit talker um, airs on TV. So I'm really excited for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, just tell us how we can, you can get a hold of me at, at my website is the best way. I don't okay. do any personal readings. I don't, I, I wish I could, but I'm just too busy in life. Yeah. Um, you can watch Spirit Talker on APTN if you're in Canada. Yeah. And if you're in the US, watch it on aptnlumi.ca. Get a virtual, uh, um, I don't know, it's virtual personal network, I think it's called, uh, or virtual privacy network. It's a VPN. It's like NordVPN is a good, I'm not, I, I don't get money for paid for promoting NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> I use it just so I can watch Netflix USA, just so you know. Um, but my website is Sean, S-H-A-W-N hyphen or dash, like a middle line, Leonard, L-E-O-N-E-R-D uh, dot com. Um, I'm, I'm launching my own course in September, between September 7th and 30th. People can sign up for Spirit Talker Tribe, and I have a year-long program, which you've been, I've been so happy that you've been part of, and, yes. and uh, one of my awesome students that I love so much. And is out there serving people in your own way, which is super cool. And uh, you know, if any anything that I taught you to help you kind of like be a greater medium, that's why I do what I do. Help people in different levels understand leadership, understand what I've learned, and helping you step into it, even if it's just a small way, even if it's just for a family member, even if it's just for you know connecting to a friend for whatever reason that they may need a message and just just allowing maybe the potential possibility that you could work with that universal language of spirit and uh, giving something that impactfully affects another person. And that's why I teach the course is I, I can't read everybody, but there's a lot of people out there that might be able to read other people. <laughs> and that's what I hope to do. I can't change the world by myself, but we can change the world if we work together in helping know that there's spirit around us. It's not meant to be fearful that there's different levels of energy, um, that there's an angelic realm, that there's, our guides are with us and how to raise your energy lower when you're not working, how to set boundaries, and then understanding that, that how to work with that, um, the psychic language. Yeah. And, uh, and so if you wanna join that, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm doing free teachings in my Spirit Talker Tribe interest group for the whole month of September. And then after that, I, I serve all my students and that's what I give all my attention to. And again, that's what I said I'm most proud for is, is being able to help people, um, you know, develop.
Absolutely. And I can attest, like everything Sean does is beautiful, amazing. I felt so lucky to find you and get to take everything. I felt so lucky to be able to get a private reading with you when I did. Um, so thank you. And I'll have links to everything within the show notes as well. So you guys can quickly go to his website, his interest group and the Spirit Talker tribe and all that fun stuff. And of course, his book and TV show as well. Um, so Sean, it's so sad to let you go because I could talk to you for like five or six hours, but thank you so much for coming on Spirit School. Tell your husband I said sorry. <laughs> I will, I don't know. It will be okay. He's used to it now after yeah. so many years. Tell him there'll probably be a part two in the future somewhere. And then we'll do this again and go maybe deeper and talk about some other things and take some Oh, questions. there's so much I want to talk to you about. I want to talk about Sylvia, Nova Spiritus. Like, I mean, there's so many things I want to talk about. So if you would be willing to come back. For I absolutely would be. I love to. I love, I love sharing what I know. And, and, and obviously you've got a mission here in life to be with serving people and helping people understand spirit too. So thank you. I, I thank you, Danielle, for, for this honor of being on your show. And, uh, and thank you for allowing me to touch you and, and us together, maybe helping other, helping people understand spirit even greater. Thank you, Sean. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Spirit School. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you for tagging me on Instagram at Squamish Medium so I can also share. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. If you're interested in working with me in my one-on-one mentorship, a reading, or all the various programs that I run, you can go to squamishmedium.com or check me out on Instagram at Squamish Medium. The link in the bio has everything I am currently working on in service to the world of spirit. Have a great day, guys.